0: Welcome to the Green Age podcast with Michael Cross and me Fraser Harper. This is our weekly roundup for the week ending 14th of October 2022. Fans of Ardman animations will be familiar with one of the images we've put in our post this week It's the one from The Wrong Trousers in which Gromit is chasing the penguin across the living room floor on a toy train and furiously laying the track in front of him to keep going. And it seems a little like that, Michael, with the UK's efforts to skill up enough people for retrofitting.
1: It is. um, And retrofitting is one of those catch-all phrases. And we tend to get taken down certain little pathways and we get quickly drawn into domestic retrofitting when it's retrofitting for all buildings that need to be considered and all technologies. Um, And I think also there's another little piece that tends to get forgotten here is around consumer behavior in relation to retrofitting. And we can come on to that perhaps a bit later.
0: Now, I was talking to someone close in my local council late last week uh, who told me that a lot of the money being made available from government for retrofitting it's not actually been spent because of lack of people with the right skills. And he gave me one example uh, where quite an old house, uh, the residents had been advised to do internal cladding of their walls, which in the long term would have just wrecked the house. Uh, so it, it really could be opening up the doors for cowboys here at the moment.
1: You're right. And if you just take two recent developments, one was from the Competition and Markets Authority, that has done a call for evidence uh, in a consultation around advice and guidance and mis-selling of retrofit technologies to people at home. And therefore, that's an issue around quality and standards. And we had a very good conversation with the Electrical Contractors Association and their concern about less than well-qualified people installing electrical vehicle charging points and the highlight there from the Department of Transport's audit of the large number of faultily applied and installed um, charging points that were potentially dangerous. So you're right, it's a critical thing to get the standards right and for people's safety and to allow them to make the right decision. But it also raises the issue around the overall level, not just the nature of advice that's independent, but also the level of understanding uh, that the individual consumer has so it's like general carbon literacy about how to manage your own affairs and your own behaviours.
0: Yeah, for sure. This is all about getting the actual consumers involved in the in the process, isn't it?
1: It is. And if you take a piece of work that came out, in fact, just this morning from the House of Lords, and they were looking at behaviour change for climate and environmental goals, and they highlight the... Absolute need for us as consumers and citizens to engage because we are going to have to change what we eat, how we run our housing, how we move ourselves around, the sort of goods we buy, and how we spend our leisure time. Uh, because our current level of consumption is driving about 8.5 tons of carbon into the atmosphere per head of this country, and we need to get that down to 2.5 by 2030 and 0.7 by 2050. Now, that means we really have to go back to your Wallace and Gromit comments. We really have to move a real pace and get cracking on the things we know we can do quite quickly, quite simply in some respects. And that certainly is around reducing our level of energy consumption for every domestic dwelling, for every public building and for every commercial building.
0: Now, it's, it's tempting to think that new houses won't have this problem. But they're not necessarily being built net zero already, are they?
1: That's very true. We build somewhere in the order of 200,000, 220,000 new houses a year. And there is a big push to increase the level of modular homes that are built to the higher standards. And the projections are that might hit about 20,000. That leaves potentially 200,000 houses that are being built to a higher energy performance certificate standard than before but they're not actually being built to the highest possible standards and with the latest technologies. And that's a great shame. Had that been introduced, let us say, 10, 12 years ago, we could have actually had two and a half million homes fully retrofitted, as it were, from day one, therefore removing that need. It just means we have to really run at a great pace. The other piece, I think, around the retrofit, we tend to get very heavily focused on heat pumps, are not just heat pumps, air source heat pumps, to the ignorance of water water ones or ground ones, and there are a range of other technologies you can put into a house to actually undertake proper retrofitting and reducing your energy consumption. But I think this raises another interesting point around the skills we are saying we actually need in the labour market and individual pe- people's hands. We tend to focus on a technology. And then move to a skill solution rather than look at our goal, which is around overall retrofitting and hitting much lower levels of energy consumption. Be they domestic dwellings, and there are 27, 30 million of them, but also public buildings and also commercial buildings. And if you really want to make some fantastic progress, it is actually hitting commercial buildings and public buildings because of their scale and use if we actually move that very quickly forward that will have a major impact and to tackle those you need to have a, a total solution of looking at the whole system and also you start to then taking in heat networks and therefore looking for pooled solutions which could equally be used for many domestic dwellings not just blocks or flats but if you live like we do in London in terraced houses we could actually do something collectively on half the street We don't have that sort of facility at the present time.
0: We posted on Heat Networks uh, a few, what, a couple of months ago now, didn't we? Just going back to your point about uh, air-sourced heat pumps being kind of the only thing. I was talking to someone recently who lives in a very nice location next to a river and is building a new house there and, of course, is putting a heat pump in. But it's an air-sourced heat pump, uh, and I asked, why not? a water-sourced heat pump, which would be much more efficient using the water from the river. And the answer was fear that the river would actually dry up at some stage, uh, even if only temporarily. And of course, then all the heat would be lost. So there are considerations there in every situation, I'm sure. And a reminder that you can find our post laying the track for the retrofit skills train this week on greenedge.substack.com. Just going back to the, the report from the House of Lords, which you've just seen today, actually, you've just picked up today. There, there was uh, there's an interesting, you're, I know you're a big fan of tables. Uh, you found an interesting table in there, didn't you?
1: There are two, I think, very oh, early on. Two, so even better. Uh, who are uh, like readers and only like hitting good stuff early on. Certainly the figure one, which is the consumption figure and comparisons through time, um, compares Canada, Finland, the UK. And that's really fascinating about where we do our consumption and our emitting of carbon. But the table you're referring to uh, is one generated by a submission from the Climate Change Committee itself in its written evidence. And that is looking at the abatement from the top 20 actions requiring consumer engagement in the six carbon budget. And if you look at that table, the top five out of the top six are all transport related. As you come down the table, you have four hitting heat pumps and energy in buildings. Um, But it does just highlight the need that we need to engage in a national programme. And that's what the House of Lords is calling for. To engage as a bit like we did with COVID and we've done with smoking and we've done with car safety. uh, To actually get us to engage and fully take on board. These are the decisions we need to take for ourselves and our futures, and do that in a positive way. And it's going to be interesting to see how the current government responds to the idea of a national campaign, given that it seems to be quite ambivalent around the cost of living crisis and the energy hikes currently, and the potential pushback on running a national campaign.
0: What other reports have you found this week, Michael?
1: Well, it's both a report and a resource. There's an organisation called The Data City, based up in Leeds. And it is using artificial intelligence and models and algorithms to generate very useful data, both at a sector and occupational level and also a spatial level down to county and town level around how you can reconfigure the economy around how it actually behaves as opposed to how categories are given to you around things all sock and sick and the like. And I think that's a resource that everyone who's drawing together an LSIP, a local skills improvement plan, should certainly be drawing upon. And it is certainly being used in a very important way in terms of informing people's understanding of the evolution and development of the green economy, for example.
0: Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.